Coming up on this episode of the Reluctant Vegan Son podcast, I talk about how kids are really, really smart. You don't need me to tell you that, but underestimating them is a really bad idea because they won't appreciate it and I won't get as much out of teaching them. I also talk about Boban Marjanovic, one of my favorite basketball players who never plays and how he just lights up their room and how... I can try to do that myself, maybe, so enjoy. Reluctant Vegan Suck! Oh, fuck. Catchphrase. What's up? Welcome to episode 58 of the Reluctant Vegan Sun podcast. I guess catchphrase can be a catchphrase. Though maybe I'm going to be copyrighted. It's definitely a TV show that had catchphrase as a catchphrase. What if I take the thing I'm looking at right now? Supplement facts. That's my catchphrase. Supplemental facts from Adam's perspective. Could be a thing. Anyways, what's going on, people? How are you doing today? It's been really rainy out here in Bogota. Well, I'm not in Bogota. I am about an hour away without traffic in Bogota from Bogota, in a town called Mosquera, and it's been really, really rainy here, and that's been kind of annoying, honestly, rain, I need to figure out how to keep my, you know, self up, or myself happy while it's raining, uh, I know it's not exactly a seasonal depression type thing, but to me, it is similar, in the way that I'm staying inside and not doing necessarily what I would choose to or trying to rush home immediately. I enjoy walking. Walking's a lot of fun to me and you know seeing the sights, taking my time, talking to people. I really like that. And when you're in the rain, all you can think about or all I can think about is I've got to get home. I want to take a shower. I want to do this. I want to do that. To feel better. When usually I feel pretty good. And I don't necessarily need to feel better. Yeah. So that's what the weather's been like. Weather report. The weather here is crazy. Oh, there's a mosquito flying by. I really got the mind of a dog. And never my mind. That made me think of, you know, an upper. I hope it's up. Up is a good movie. Where the dog sees the squirrel and just loses it just changes focus for you know a second and now I'm staring at this mosquito and I'm trying to figure out what I want to talk about it's interesting so I guess what I want to say what's been difficult for me right now is how do I keep my attention and how do I seem interested while talking slowly (laughs) it's interesting to me because I talk and people from anywhere to be honest talking in their home language talk extremely quickly it looks like that guy's trying to escape actually this mosquito he's banging on the window he's not even trying to suck on me it's a weird way to say it (laughs) to bite me i guess (laughs) wow that's where my mind is today (laughs) maybe it's a nice mosquito maybe i should let it go free who knows mosquitoes here are pretty bad but When I'm really interested and when I have an idea and I know what I want to say, 
even though my mind is completely empty, 70 to 80% of the time, I want to, uh, I just talk really quickly. I think I'll lose the idea or something, or I won't sound as interested if I take my time saying it. I've listened to my pod, this podcast, and when I'm thinking clearly, when I'm knowing what I'm doing, it just flows, and it goes really, really fast, and my, you know, tone changes, and my, not my mood entirely, but yeah, sometimes my mood, I just feel better. And it's interesting because in Colombia, and this isn't a knock on Colombian people or anything. I mean, when people talk Spanish quickly, I can't understand. It's just languages. But I need to talk slower when I'm talking to people in English. It's just a fact. It's people don't understand me when I talk faster. But I have difficulty keeping my own interest in my own talking And trust me, I love to talk. I talk on my podcast for half an hour to myself, to you guys. And I don't know how to do that slower. I guess it's more keeping myself, keeping it captivating and just still being there. I don't need to talk quickly to have that thought or have that thing. But it seems difficult to me and to lots of people so that was on my mind I guess what I was planning to talk about today well first I want to say something about you know there's more important things happening than me than the podcast than you know life in general I mean more pressing matters there's the war in Ukraine and there's atrocities all over the world that is much more pressing or people in much more serious situations than I am. I, I've i been reading the news and I don't know exactly how to speak on this. God damn it, my alarm just went off. I set an alarm. I'm going to play billiards later today. And I set an alarm so I have enough time to film this. Hopefully you can't hear it. <laughs> knocking my head against the wall behind me too so hopefully you can't hear that if not there's gonna be a dun 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 I feel like a Law and Order episode dun dun Law and Order is scary it's very gruesome anyways war in Ukraine uh, is awful and I don't understand how people don't think war is bad or somehow leaders if you ask the majority Majority of people, I'm certain, war is bad. War does nothing but hurt people. Yet somehow leaders and with people who are in power find, just do it. And they're the ones who make the decision. It infuriates me. I mean, to kind of not necessarily prove a point, but I was just going to be like, my kids that I teach in school are five years old. And I was asking them just to, I guess, to prove a point. Is war bad? And all of them said war is bad. Yet somehow these people, or or Putin, I guess, it's not these people, it's Putin, thinks war solves solutions or has a solution to his problems or he's going to gain something. So, I mean, that's more important. But I, I don't know what to say about that. I'm not 
if you're coming to me for information on the war in Russia and Ukraine, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong place. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I have, I mean, I know people from Ukraine. I've read the news. Uh, and I don't know what news you think is not biased or whatever, but I'm not the person you should get your information on Ukraine from the situation, except my opinion is war is bad and there's got to be some better solution because I'm sure there's smart people out there, yet no one seems to be able to have an answer. How is he able to do this? It's not that he's held the world hostage, but he's sieging Ukraine and all that. They're sanctioning him and whatever, but I don't know. I don't see anything physically happening. All I see happening is Ukraine keeps getting bombed. At least solutions aren't happening. And it makes me mad when you say things or things are said to be happening and nothing changes. Because then how do I know you're actually doing anything at all? So yeah. There's Ukraine. So it's, there's so many things that are more important in the world. But I'm glad you choose to listen to me. <laughs> Bad transition. One of the things that happened in Ukraine, though, that's really bad, is there was a school that ended up getting bombed or shot up. I'm not sure which one exactly. And it sucks. It's awful that the future and... It's just not... Why? Why? I'm going to stop for a second. I don't know how to transition from there is war in Ukraine to... My usual bullshit. It's not bullshit. It's important. I think it's, it's, you know, it's my mind. It's what I'm sharing with you. I do think this information is helpful. And I, I hope you're seeing that. But how do I transition from war in Ukraine to here? Because what I want to talk about today is not underestimating kids. And I think a lot of the younger generations... Or what's going to create change. Maybe that's my transition. <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching now. And my kids are five. They're a little young to be making change. However. They are really smart. In comparison to what I would expect. I mean. I don't have an idea. And I don't know how many of you guys. If you don't work with kids. Know what five-year-olds look like or sound like or what they can do. Because I guess I, they're kind of bigger than I expected. Maybe. God, I got to stop hitting my wall. <sighs> so they're maybe bigger than I expected. And they're able to talk complete sentences. Which maybe isn't surprising to you. But that surprised me. And this is complete sentences in Spanish. These kids do not know any English, which makes it very, very difficult. However, I'm trying my best and they're trying their best. And even if I don't understand them, I'm listening to them. And they like being listened to. They also forget everything in 10 minutes. So if something went wrong, they'll be fine in like 
maybe not even 10 minutes, 30 seconds. Like someone gets hurt or someone has a problem on the playground and they fall down. I'm like, are you okay? They're like, no, I'm hurting. And I look at them and I'm like, you're fine. Go run. And they go run and they're fine. And they forget all about it. So I don't know if I underestimated them or not. Because I guess I did if I didn't necessarily expect for them to be able to speak. And maybe they don't have the best vocabulary in the world, but they're able, they know more Spanish than I do. Which, to be fair, I knew practically no Spanish before coming here. But still, I don't know if a five year old native language is that considered fluency. At what age are you considered fluent in a language? It's a good question. I'm not sure. Like, if I'm able to have a five-year-old, you know, level of Spanish, which currently is my goal, one thing that I've been really doing is I've been taking part in this class. I, (laughs) yeah, I'm another student. The five-year-old level, or not even the five-year-old level, because they're speaking much better than I am. But what they're learning is good for me. It's very simple. It's like, what is rain? Juvia. Or, you know, they're learning about nature and recycling. I don't think I learned about recycling at age five. My kids learned about recycling the other day. And they pointed out that other kids who are older left uh, trash on the ground. They, and they were like, teacher, teacher, look, there's trash on the ground. I'm like, you're five. That's amazing. You are pointing out, you're pointing out what you're learning, which is first of all, amazing. They say they're fluent at the age of four, by the way, going back. Uh, so, yeah, I guess if I was a five-year-old, if I had a five-year-old knowledge of Spanish, I would be pretty, pretty fluent. It's pretty incredible. A five-year-old will have a vocabulary of 2,000 words. That's insane. Though, is Quora really great, uh, thing to, uh, you know, cite? I don't know. People don't necessarily... I don't think people try to lie. I know Wikipedia is not allowed to be a source for anything, but or like papers, but it gives you a good overview. It usually is the first place I go to when I'm writing something about a paper. It gives you ideas. So let's say five-year-olds are not fluent but know lots of words. They just don't have the concepts the same way. Now, they can't read and write. That is for sure. But... They are still able to talk and answer the teacher's questions, which, if I understood them, were probably very simple. But it's a good level for me to be at. Now, part of what I'm doing here is I'm supposed to be running activities and teaching language, uh, teaching English through activities that relate to a project. So the younger kids, I'm not sure at what age they start doing this, 
but the younger kids have a project picked out for them. Like my five-year-olds have the project of nature, and so they're learning about all things nature and trash and recycling and compost. They're teaching five-year-olds compost. Most people, most adults I know don't even have compost, and I know they know what compost is, but they just don't, I mean, don't necessarily have a place or don't do it. The amount of trash and litter I see everywhere, we should have adults take these five-year-old classes. And it's important. So, at certain ages, you know, they get to choose their own product based on what's interested for them. And I can go to older classes and teach activities. And the seventh grade class has decided, and these kids are like 12, 13. And they've decided, they're all taller than me, by the way, too. It's crazy. They're bigger than I am. I'm a full decade older than them. It's insane. I feel so old right now. Hi, Mom. She, she's older than me. I guess there are people older than me. My grandparents are still alive. Maybe that's what old is. <laughs> I don't even know. But it's a feeling. Like, when you see people younger... It's not that I feel old, it's just I like saying I feel old because I'm not. So maybe that'll change in coming years. Maybe that's just me being an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. In my mind, I'm able to do that. So their project, these seventh graders, are creating a website to uh, help promote animal rights or to, to help with animal rights, which I love. I think it's a fantastic project. But these kids came up with their project on their own. Okay, maybe they had some help from their teacher. But they came on their own with this idea to stop animal cruelty. And I don't know how you were at the age of 12 or 13. And these kids also look bigger than I remember. I don't know if all 12 and 13-year-olds look bigger than you remember. But, I mean, I was a really small kid, so I still am fairly small. I was not thinking like this. I was not, I mean, this is an interesting school where they do project-based learning the entirety of the time. But I wasn't doing that. I mean, I guess in the U.S., or at least what I think, there's more of a curriculum. They don't teach you these types of things, which are important. There's more of a lifestyle learning. You need, excuse me, you have the ability to learn these things that are actually useful. I mean, when's the last time you used long division? It's insane. So these kids came up with this project, which makes me really happy. I mean, you are listening to the Reluctant Vegan Son podcast, so... Animal rights is amazing. It's an amazing idea. And it just means that I shouldn't underestimate kids. I mean, at what point do they become teens, kids? I mean, I feel like I'm still a kid. So when do you not become a kid? But you just can't underestimate them. They know so much now. I mean, my five-year-olds are having complete conversations and resolving conflict. Not exactly resolving conflicts, but they're having ability to have conflict between them. 
Like, they know how to use the bathroom, which it's a whole blessing that I don't have to deal with the younger kids. Those younger kids don't know how to use the bathroom, and they're in the same school. They need to be in daycare or at home. I feel like potty training is, is, is pretty good. Or you have specially qualified or special schools. Because if I was put with them, I am not qualified. Oh, my God. I mean, that's also part of the reason why they only have female younger teachers. Or female teachers for not female younger teachers. There are older teachers who are female as well. But the young children only have female teachers. I don't know. Men can be nurturing too, though. But not the place to argue that. So I'm going to figure out a way to get all these kids vegan. No. The goal is not for them to be vegan. The goal is for them to have fun while promoting animal rights because they're doing so good already. You don't have to be vegan to care about animal rights. Now, do I wish they were? Yeah. But it's also their culture. I'm not going to change their culture. Colombia has a very meat-centric culture. If we can, there are many other ways to help animals than to stop eating meat or changing someone's culture. I don't think factory farms are part of any culture, whether you have a farming culture or a, I don't know, whatever the U.S. had. I guess everybody had a farming culture at one point, but some have stayed that way. Yeah, so I'm really happy about that. I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about is the person who is happy all the time, and I've been watching YouTube videos, and he makes me happy, is I've been watching YouTube videos of Boban Marjanovic. For people who don't know him, he is seven foot four Serbian basketball player who's always smiling, dancing, and having a good time. I suggest you look up some videos with him, and he has every team he goes to, he's the most liked guy. And it's interesting. Now, that is his personality. Like, you can't fake that. But I try to see that and try to incorporate it into my life. How can I be as fun-loving, as friendly as possible? Because I feel like that's me. And maybe it's not. But I think everybody has the ability to be friendly, to be fun-loving maybe. I mean, not everybody's a social person. You have, you know, different different ends of the spectrum. But I just see him radiating positivity. And that is something I aspire to be like. And radiating positivity can be a difficult thing at times. Definitely. And you definitely need a support system because you can't be positive all the time. You can't just be happy. Maybe he can. But you're going to have, well, I'm going to have, I can't talk for you. I'm going to have other feelings. I mean, if you're only having good feelings, you're only feeling half of what humans feel. And then if you feel bad, you're going to be confused, not know what to do, or I won't know what to do. I remember there's a volleyball team in this show I watch uh, called Haiku. It's an anime show. It's really good. But there's a team that always has fun, and that's her thing. They just have fun. And they get asked, uh, what are you going to do when you're losing? Or, and they say, their, their answer is, I'm going to have more fun. 
Now, I'm not saying to get your life lessons from TV shows or anime, but they do influence you, and I do find they come from real life a lot of places. Because you're not always going to have the opportunity to have fun. It's going to be difficult. So how are you going to pursue or persevere or whatever the fuck the word is, what that emotion is? And you're going to feel bad also too. If you have more fun and you lose, you can still feel sad that you lost. It's the range of emotions. It's what you do. I mean, I'm not a person that's sad very often, but I have been very, very fun being angry. Being being mad is a lot of fun. I was mad this week. Not going to get too much into why, but just being like, oh my God, I, just keeping going. I mean, it felt good. I can't stay there, of course, because if you think, if I think too much about, you know, being angry or, you know, doing this to someone, I'm going to go insane. But that little bit of fun, oh, it's a good time. Or saying like small petty things, depending on who you're talking to. Like you have to know, I have to know their relationships. There are some people I will say that snarky comment to. There are some people I'm definitely not going to say that snarky comment to. But it's about radiating the energy. So like, yes, I might say something snarky or mean or, or playful mean. I don't, I hope I don't say anything really mean. But the energy that you cultivate, like if you're a good person, I think I'm a good person. I hope you agree with me. But you're going to I'm going to try to cultivate that energy and good people are going to come to me. You attract or I feel like I attract the energy that I'm putting out. And watching people radiate positivity it just shows, you know, how he's lighting up the room and maybe there's a way that I can do that as well. And that's not necessarily being the center of attention. I mean, there is don't want to take too much attention on me, but when there is attention on me, I want to be positive or I want to support other people when the attention's on them. It's not necessarily about taking up space. It's about, you know, caring or, you know, still being positive towards another people, having your attention, having my attention on someone. I mean, kids, the older kids, they want that attention. They want that support and they feel better. It's very difficult for a lot of these kids to speak English. But by being positive and supportive, you bring that energy out of them. And are there ways to be more positive in your own life, even when you're not? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just try to keep that mindset in my head, you know, to not necessarily always have to do the right thing. But yeah, do the right thing. Say what you want to say. Be you. Radiate how you want to be like. Now, that doesn't mean don't have a filter or anything like that. Like, your actions still are going to have consequences. But acting truly how you are and how you feel will be good. But also, the mindset. If you have a positive mindset, you're going to act, you know, I act better when I have a positive mindset as myself. 
It's about being the best me that I can because I'm not going to be him. I can't do what he does. I'm never going to be an NBA player. But I can see how he's bringing out the best in himself or always being himself. And I can be like, oh, I can be myself. I can be goofy. I can be playful. It's okay. I mean, kids at some of the teachers at school are like, you're another kid. And I take that as a compliment because I would say I am just a big kid. I want to have fun. I think adults sometimes lose the, not the ability to have fun, but they don't necessarily try in the same way. There's different things. Or, yeah. And it's not that I'm saying people don't try to have fun. Like, they definitely do. And I'm not talking about anybody at my school or anything. I just see people just seem down sometimes. I'm not sure where else to go. I guess, how do I become a big kid? How am I a big kid and how do I have energy? I don't always have energy. I just choose, you know, I do a lot of things that are very good for my mental health. I have a morning routine when I get up. I'm very active all the time, whether with kids or without. I read. I just do lots and it works for me. And maybe it's about finding what works for you, not to necessarily have energy all the time because I don't, but it's about what works to bring the best out of me. Because even if I don't have energy necessarily, I'm able to bring the best me that I can if I choose to. If I have the mindset, I want the best me I can, I can do it. And I guess that's what it really is about, bringing the best out of you. And it's not up to me to do it. I mean, maybe I can bring the best to you. There are those people you are around who bring the best out of you for sure. But I always feel that I can bring the best out of myself. And maybe you feel the same way. Thanks for listening. I'm Adam, the Reluctant Vegan Son. Uh, If you like the episode, uh, please like, subscribe, review the podcast. That would be incredible. Share, tell a friend. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye.